Hello, I'm Mindy Heisel, host of Perspective on WVIK Quad Cities NPR. One of the many things I love about my show is that I get the opportunity to interview artists while they're preparing for their projects here in the Quad Cities. Over the years, we've had conductors, musicians, dancers, composers, other creative minds join us in studio, and it's always a joy to learn and laugh with them. Perspective Interviews is a place to go where you can come to get to know folks like Yo-Yo Ma, Joshua Bell, Neil Conan, Michael Torkey, and more. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Now it's time to welcome guests in studio here. We're going to be talking about a profoundly moving performance taking place this weekend at the Adler Theater. So back again, artistic director of Ballet Quad Cities, Courtney Lyon. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there should be a fanfare, right? Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> Thank you. It's great to be here, Mindy. I know. It doesn't seem possible that it was like, what, six weeks ago when you were last here? It's like that. Well, I'm glad the time flew in the best yeah, of ways. It sure did, didn't it? I yeah. always enjoy seeing you, and you always bring me a fabulous guest. And you did today as well, Joe Chanto. Welcome, Joe. Well, thank you very much. It's a great pleasure to be here. Well, you are part of this project in a big way, and I think uh, as we kind of work through uh, our will to live and mm-hmm. and what this will be, uh, perhaps it's the best to start at the very beginning, as they always say, okay. and figure out, uh, Courtney, how you and Joe decided that this would be a great opportunity for Joe to kind of come in on this project. Well, I'm going to let Joe actually kick this off. I love the way he tells this story, so I'm going to let him take this one. Okay, well. Pressure's uh, on, Joe. Yeah, I'm feeling it. So, no, some months ago, back in the spring, uh I just had an idea. I had uh, heard that Bally Quad Cities would be doing a program for the Out of Darkness QC uh, series of events. And I know Jody, Courtney, Emily, Kate Long. Uh, I've been to their performances and always been blown away by every single thing that Bally Quad Cities does. They're such a fabulous company, and we are so lucky to have them in this community. And they are... Uh, I mean, they're a company that is worthy of any big city, and uh, but they're here locally, and uh, it's just great that we don't have to travel hours to see them. Uh, that said, I suggested, uh, I sent an email uh, suggesting maybe they do a couple of pieces uh, from composers who had been interned at the Terrazin concentration camp, and then... Uh, sent to Auschwitz where they met their demise. And uh, I guess Jody and Courtney and Emily talked about it for about 20 to 30 minutes and they decided uh, not only will we do a couple of pieces, we're going to make the entire Mm -hmm. program about all these pieces of music. There's a lot of, uh, uh, unfortunately, a lot of composers that met their fate there and uh, and so much wonderful, wonderful music that they composed and has been also uh, tragically, unfortunately, forgotten practically. Uh, but now it's 
slowly being rediscovered. And uh, and this program is just, I, I believe it's unprecedented. I don't think any ballet company uh, in the world has undertaken a project like this. And, uh, you know, here we are. And you had the wealth of musical knowledge, as I understand it. You you have kind of made it part of your life's work to sort of document a lot of these composers. Is that correct? Try to find out who they were, what, where their music is? Well, yeah. I um, I don't know if it's really my life's work, but I, I am passionate about the subject and this uh, this particular chapter of uh, of musicology and this chapter of uh, the Holocaust uh, in the early 90s, I think it was probably 91, uh, the very first collection of music uh, came out and uh, it featured four composers and I uh, immediately picked it up. It just seemed like, you know, really fascinating musical document. Uh, and then listening to it, it's like, this is incredible, first-rate modern music. And, and it was just such a surprise. It's like you think you've probably heard it all or close to all, and then out of the blue, here's this music that, you know, 50-some years later finally becomes available again. And you had an extensive musical background. So was this just music? Were you just looking for, like, music that I haven't heard or composers that I'm not familiar with? Yeah, I've... I've been doing that for a long time. I found the uh, the CD uh, Terrets in the music uh, in a Berlin record store. I was living there at the time, and uh, it's like, whoa, what is this? Uh, and I just had to pick it up. And uh, since that time, I've researched more and more about these composers and. You know, just buying the music, listening to the music, and just, it, it's such a wealth of beauty, of culture, of just, yeah. Talent. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Voices that were not heard mm -hmm. uh, because of this terrible event in Second World War. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and now you're kind of bringing these voices back. You're giving these voices some strength again, allowing these voices to be heard yeah. in this program. Yeah. Well, well, it's not me that uh, is doing that. It's really been the decision of uh, uh, Jody, Courtney, and Emily uh, thinking that, yeah, this is a great idea. This, you know, not just a couple pieces, but they were the ones to decide we're going to do the whole program, and uh, and they really deserve the credit for making this happen. But with all of the music that you knew, Joe, how how did you guys go about deciding which pieces? Because you're saying there's a wealth of music here. Mm -hmm. How did you sift through all of this? I mean, obviously, <laughs> there's going to be some pieces that will be much more suited for choreographic moves, uh, but Again, I think it would be so difficult to go through this because every one you'd be like, oh, but I really love that one. Oh, but I really love that one, too. Yeah, exactly. It was, uh, um, uh, well, it was a real process. And, and of course, more for uh, uh, Courtney and Emily. I made some suggestions, these composers, perhaps these pieces. Uh, they researched them, listened to them, and they researched further afield and uh, discovered other uh, composers and pieces. Uh, 
we had some meetings and uh, you know, played some other suggestions that I had, but they uh, they were the ones that have really done you know made all the decisions and come up with what I think is just a fabulous fabulous program. And Courtney. I think it's time for you to say something. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, in looking, you sent me the music, Courtney, and mm-hmm. it, it is amazing. Out of all of those pieces, it's true. There was only one that I was even familiar with. I mm-hmm. mean, that's oh. that's how undiscovered many of these yeah. composers are. Right. We don't know who they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, you've seen our library. There is a wealth sure. of music in that library. Sure. And. I do not have these composers to share with our listeners. Mm. Well, for, so from my perspective, I'll back up a little bit. So I just love hearing the way Joe, right? Joe tells that story. <laughs> yeah. So from my perspective, um, of course, Jody Cook, our fearless leader, she's our founder and our CEO, and she keeps our ship sailing right, and she has the best ideas. And I always joke that I'm so glad I've hitched my my wagon to her wagon or I've hitched my barge to her something. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure all the terms, but, but uh, anywhere she's says to fly. I'm like, I love that. I love this idea. Let's go for it. Um, because usually we end up on our feet and we've done something we've never done before and we've grown as artists and we've brought something to our community and we've connected to our our audiences and our patrons. And so, you know, usually it's it's a it's a good idea. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Um, so she did know for a long time that we would be participating. The ballet company would be participating in Out of Darkness, uh, Holocaust Messages for Today. And she was really thinking hard about the unique contribution that the ballet company could make to this this um, important uh it's, a, it's about a three-month time period in this area. So it kicked off in September 1st. Yeah. A lot of um, organizations in the community are participating in their unique way. What can ballet Quad Cities contribute? We can contribute creativity. We can contribute emotion. We can contribute passion. We can contribute um, making things fresh to our current audience. And so with that idea, you know, she was knocking around some ideas in her head and they just didn't sit right and they didn't sit right. And meanwhile, I think I was busy. What was I working on last year? Romeo and Julia. You know, I'm working on other things. And, you know, her brain was just ticking, ticking, ticking. And then she received this email from Joe and she she said, you know, I think this might be the idea I've been waiting for. And she, she said, you can think about this. You can just think about this for a minute. So she forwarded the email. She said to Emily, Kate and I, you know, just just take some time to think about it. And I thought, well, what is there to think about? This is like so intriguing to me. I love 20th century music. Um, I love to be educated. I love to do something we've never done before. Um, and Joe was so willing to share his knowledge. And so I thought, okay, this is, you know, this is a very overwhelming topic. But with some guidance, I really think we can, you know, get this going mm-hmm. in the right direction. So since... This spring, Joe has been sharing emails and emails filled with um, artists to reference and to look at. And Emily, Kate, and I always say we go off on our rabbit hole. So we'll get the idea of something. We'll start researching. You know, it leads to something else. And before you know it, we're like on the other side of where I don't know where does the rabbit hole go <laughs> or on the other side of the rabbit hole you know and I kept and then I would go back to Joe and say okay I love these but do you have anything with this sound or anything with that sound or you know to my um, ear I'm not a musician so sometimes it's like well those I know those pieces of music are different but they kind of sound the same to me so in a dance program I really need something that's going to do this sound and um, bring the audience to feel this and then bring them down for this and then I need a little palate cleanser and I need you know every piece of work can't be the most epic piece of work ever or we can't mm-hmm. absorb it all Mm-hmm. Um, and so he'd come back with some other ideas for me. And then there was one point where I said, you know, I, there's no females on this. Excuse me. There's no females on this list. And he said, well, what you're looking for, I don't really think I can, you know, send you in the right direction. So I was like, okay, I will, you know. So I, I... Uh, but 
You and Emily found one, uh, Elsa Weber, uh, who who I did not know of before. But uh, oh, look uh, at that! We're sharing information. (laughs) Yes, we're we're educating each other. Yeah, yeah. I love collaboration. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and that is such an affecting story. But I think uh, what's striking me when I'm hearing you talk about this is obviously when people hear this. This is a very difficult topic to talk about. It's difficult for human beings, I think, to confront such horror and such ugliness that comes out of that. And our tendency is to want to look away or to shut shut things out because mm-hmm. it's a it's a protective, you know, let's not do this. I can't think of a better way than art to bring these things forward so mm-hmm. that people can learn about it. The yeah. understanding can be there. The context can be there. Mm-hmm. And all of those feelings that may be super intense and difficult to absorb can be better absorbed because it's something that's being told on stage. It, right. There's a visual aspect to it. Right. There's a musical aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, if I may. Go ahead. Okay, thanks. Um, you know, the overall message of this program i mean this this is not uh you know some depressing doom and gloom kind of program it's in fact the opposite counterintuitively or or paradoxically uh this is a program that is really inspirational and has a message of hope and um jody cook in her statement about what this program means, uh, said, more than anything, our will to live is a celebration of the human spirit at its noblest, the tremendous enduring power of art, the ultimate triumph of truth over lies, and love and compassion over hatred and violence. And that's that's what this program is about. So it's... Um, you know, unfortunately, yes, the Holocaust, one of the most horrible chapters of human history. But out of that, something else comes as well and points the way forward in a very positive and inspirational kind of way. And that's what this program is about. And I think, again, when you're talking about this, it, it it does bring back all these images that we have of people struggling to survive in the worst conditions possible. And then I think about these musicians who absolutely, in the worst, again, the worst conditions one could ever imagine, the least creative place, they're still writing music. It's still going on in their head and in mm-hmm. their hearts. Yeah. And they're doing everything they can to write this music down, whether they're using tissue paper, toilet paper, mm-hmm. uh, scritching it out on you know a piece of metal and getting it smuggled out later. Mm-hmm. They're doing everything they can so that their voices will be heard at some point. You know, mm-hmm. that what they have to say about what's happening, because that is what an artist does. They're responding to things that are happening mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Again, so Sort of helping the rest of us mm-hmm. absorb that, learn from it, and move forward, as Joe was just saying so beautifully. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, that's what's really inspirational when I think about composers doing that. They they refused to let the music stop. It just it didn't 
just stop inside them because they were not in a place that was inspirational at all. It was horrific beyond belief. But yet... The music was still there. God, so the music is so gorgeous. I was so pleased. On Friday, I believe, Friday, we had a guest come watch a run through, and at the end, he said, "Oh my goodness, that was so uplifting." Oh. And I thought, "Oh, we succeeded because, you know, you you don't you don't want people to feel, uh, you know, shut away or turned off from the topic because I mean, it's horrific, and we're not making light of it at all, but." When I started studying these composers and when I saw their faces and I, I started feeling like I got to know them through their music and I was like, oh my gosh, this person was like really funny or this person, you know, had this kind of perspective or, you know, and so it, it was to me so inspiring to make pieces of art and I love I love a good historical fiction. I love history. I love, you know, I love time periods. And so living in this time period is so cool. So the costumes reflect the time period. Um, there's little uh, bits of bright humor in it. One piece that I really enjoyed making um, was I I read a story that Anne Frank wrote when she was young. Um, she was, I think, in the sixth grade. And um, she had a she had a great little spark about her. And she, she wanted to be an author. I love that she wanted to be an author. So she had a huge catalog of all the writing she did. Um, and of course, most people are familiar with her diary. Perhaps they've read it in school or familiar. And so I found a piece of writing that, um, that she did in a response to being punished in school. She talked too much in math class. And so her math teacher punished her by having to write an assignment. And her response to that was to write a poem, kind of poking fun at him. And I thought, oh, this is so great. So I paired Anne's short story with um, a bright piece of polka music. And that was, you know, one of the pieces that actually got smuggled out of one of, of mm -hmm. the concentration camps. So I thought, okay, these two pieces of art are so joyful. This polka and this great little short story she wrote, kind of like... You know, telling, putting her teacher in, her, in his in place. Her place. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I put them together, just like a, a lighthearted yeah. piece. And so it's like, oh, yay, we brought these two spirits back to life. And that to me is the goal of what we did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love you talking about looking at their pictures because I did the same thing. <laughs> That's so interesting. And I, I looked some of these people yes. up and looked at their faces. Mm -hmm. And many of them were, you know, part of, of the great thinking societies that was going on at that time. They oh, were, yeah. they were involved with Schoenberg and, oh, you know, yeah. many of the other big thinkers at that time. Oh, yeah. And they were... Uh they were innovative and interested and, you know, obviously looking at all of the possibilities that the 20th century mm -hmm. was handing to us. You know, there, there was even that story about the, the radio being used. Yeah. You know, right. radio was, yeah. was mm -hmm. in its infancy yeah. then. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so they're thinking in all of these imaginatively creative directions like, oh, we're going to have this now. We're going to have this now. So it really does put that very human face on them to look at them yeah. and imagine what this person was like. Yeah. yeah. They're... Um statements that the composers made of their own work while they were interned in these camps just really uh, speaks volumes of who they were as persons, uh, such as uh, the conductor Raphael Schechter, whose idea it was to uh, perform Verdi's Requiem in the camps. The Jewish Council of Elders thought that was a really bad idea, that it was entirely inappropriate. But Schechter, uh, Schechter's argument was, this is our way of fighting back. We take the high ground. We stand above. We 
have a vision of high art. The Verdi Requiem is the pinnacle of defiance. You know, it's just... Just powerful, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah. Mindy. Absolutely, right. yeah. this performance. If you are not changed for the better when you come to see it, I don't know. You know what will? What yeah, will? Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I mean, there are, of course, there are moments that are like profoundly, you know, grief filled. But then there's also moments that are so beautiful and joyful and uplifting. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this. I feel so fortunate. I feel so honored to be in the position I'm in, to have this opportunity to be in the Quad Cities, to be with Ballet Quad Cities, and and to bring these composers' work to stage in this production. It's like I'm floored. I'm floored by it. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, you're working with uh, a lot of young dancers, too. Uh, how, uh, were many of them familiar with the, the events of the Second World War and the Holocaust, or did did they have homework assignments? Was they, it like you? you, you oh, I, all, I need you to read a little bit <laughs> about these people. Absolutely, we all had we all had extra work to do for this production to be able to just be respectful enough and yes. you know mm-hmm. to yes. be able to approach this yeah. with respect and with you know humility and. And all that. Um, our dancers are professional dancers. They are educated. Um, they've been hired from around the country. We have 14 this season, 14 professional dancers who have moved to the Quad City. Some have been here for several seasons um, and are just really uh, wise, creative, careful in their youth. You know, some they look dancers look so young, but then they also, when they perform, they seem so mature. And so sometimes it's confusing. People assume they are are younger than they are, et cetera. Um, but they had a lot of great ideas. Some of them did did get some upbringing. Perhaps they were raised on the East Coast and they had the opportunity to go to the, the memorial in Washington, D.C., or they had entire units in their elementary school, et cetera. We, we talked a lot about that. And then a lot of the dancers took it upon themselves to continue going on. And every bit of information I learned and um, things I got from Joe, I'd share with the dancers. I'd give it to them in writing so they could go look more things up. And they all came to rehearsals prepared. They were prepared with the artwork, the music, the composer. They just, they had ideas to bring. I mean, those dancers sometimes cried along with me when we were <laughs> when we were oh, discussing, yeah. you know, I don't mean to, to laugh, but it was just right. like, it was such no. a unique experience. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, for the booklet that I prepared for the program, I had uh, requested that there be statements from several of the dancers, uh, as well as the choreographers and Jody. And uh, the statements from the dancers were just uh, so articulate and so beautiful. And I'll, I'll just read a little bit of uh, one by Claire Cordano, uh, who says, The stories, music, and history we researched and were inspired by have forever changed me as an artist and a human. Their work left us with a canvas ready to be embellished with movement to exemplify the emotion that deserves to be heard within the music. Performing in our will to live has deepened my knowledge of the origins of each piece in order to honor all those who had their lives taken too soon. It has been a constant reminder that the music we dance to tells of innumerable stories, each one as powerful as the next. One such piece, Ilse Weber's Vigala, is especially close to my heart. Our cast of six women portray the mothers, wives, and children who constantly supported each other throughout life to the end. By far the most emotional and powerful piece I have ever had the privilege of being a part of. 
Wow. Yeah, right? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Nailed it. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. A- absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the piece she's talking about is, uh, yeah, that was one of those when I'm reading your notes that you're sending me. I actually got really choked up over that because it's hard not to read something like that and not feel a connection to somebody yeah. in right. that moment. That's right. What would that be like? If that were happening to you, what would you choose to do in that moment? And she chose to sing a lullaby. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it still leaves me a little yeah, isn't speechless. It, isn't it interesting? Uh, trying to find the right words to describe it. Yeah, For just clamped. Yeah, to find out it. what someone is made of when, you know, when you're at your worst yes. or when you're at your hardest moment. I mean, we all have things. It's like that it, sh- it shows you what you're made of. And it's yes, so beautiful right. to see that. <sighs> That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's what someone chooses to do. They write music or they sing or they mm-hmm. dance or they write poetry or, yeah. you know, or support someone else. Yes. Find a way to comfort. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. choreographing that, that piece, um, I absolutely knew from the beginning I, I would be using that piece of music once I heard it and I could see it in my head. I could see a cast of all women and they're supporting each other and they're loving each other and they're listening to each other and they're, they're being there for each other the same way we all, you know, we all take on roles in our lives of being a, a caregiver. Caretaker. Sometimes you're the strong person people can lean on, or you're the daughter, or you're the mother, or you're the auntie, you're the grandma. You know, a role mm-hmm. as a teacher. Um, so I feel like all the dancers were able to find a way to connect somehow, even though they themselves have not obviously been in the same situation mm-hmm. that Ilsa Weber was. But um, mm-hmm. you, what would you, you say? Find something. Yeah. What would you so of all of these? What was um, in the in the time that we have left, was there one piece that was particularly challenging? Oh, yes. Okay, <laughs> I will tell you, Mindy. She's like ready. I will tell you. I will tell yeah. you that um, it's one of the pieces that Joe recommended. It was one of the final pieces he recommended because I I really picked a a, a lot of the music that he suggested, but. You know, we met up and he said, you know what, what about this one? And I heard it and I was like, I have to. And it's the Survivor from Warsaw. Mm -hmm. Um, And that piece, I mean, I loved the music. Mm -hmm. And I mean, once I heard it, I knew I had to use it. And then I also at the same time was terrified to the Mm -hmm. point where I couldn't choreograph it until I had choreographed everything else on the program. I had to save it for last. I left that for last. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) So, uh, well, yeah, if you haven't already guessed, this is going to be an extremely powerful evening. I hope you've gotten your ticket. It's Ballet Quad Cities. Uh, go to their website. You can get your tickets there. The performance is this weekend, uh, 7.30 p.m. at the Adler Theater on Saturday evening. And, Joe, I have to quickly go back to something you said at the beginning. You mm-hmm. you have been all over. You've lived in New York City. You've worked in New York City. That, And the fact that you're talking about our ballet company as being one of the finest that you've been part of, I think should really resonate with our folks here in yeah. the Quad Cities yes, yes. as a get your tickets now thing. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you know, everybody listening, please get tickets and witness Ballet Quad Cities, the great ballet companies in New York. You know, the nutcracker that Ballet Quad Cities does joy and then the New York City production. You know, I'm not kidding. And, you know, for this, for this production, I mean, they're just pulling out all the stops. And uh, really, folks, if you haven't seen BQC, 
inaction, uh, this is the time to start. Yeah, don't don't wait till Nutcracker. Of course, get your Nutcracker tickets. I'm not going to ever tell you not to get your <laughs> right, Nutcracker right, tickets. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, Ballet Quad Cities does an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I think it's interesting to hear from someone who has actually traveled, who has seen other productions. Uh, you've even been overseas. You mentioned you lived in Berlin. Yeah. And I think... When someone comes back and then highlights the little treasures, the gems that are right here in our own community, Uh uh, that should give people pause. You should take time to think a few minutes, but just a few minutes, and then get the tickets. Well, and they should be especially proud. This this is a world-class ballet company right here in our midst. It is a cultural jewel, and uh, it is to be treasured. Well, I and supported. Yes, thank oh. you. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Yes, he came in with that. <laughs> well, this is going to be an absolutely phenomenal performance. I, I think really one of those not to be missed events. Uh, and yes, the subject matter may seem like we've been talking about, like it's going to be a little bit difficult. But again, there's going to be so much hope and so much beauty and so much inspiration in this that I think the transformation that will come with being part of the audience will be worth everything when mm-hmm. you leave. Uh, you will be a better person in all of the best senses of that word. Mm-hmm. So for the best transformative experience this weekend, Ballet Quad Cities, on Saturday evening, 7.30, Adler Theater. Get those tickets right now, Ballet Quad Cities. As always, Courtney, I can never believe how fast our time goes when you come in here and sit. It's like, we got 30 know, minutes. Mindy. What? We have to go? We got 30 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> so, Courtney, thank you, as always, for stopping by. And, Joe, what a pleasure to oh, meet you. I likewise. Hope, well, I hope you come back in. I, I have a feeling there'd be a lot to talk with you about on all kinds of subjects, musical. So. Well. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both for stopping by this afternoon. This thank has been you, Mindy. super fun. Thank you, Mindy. And thank you for joining me this afternoon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Perspective Interviews with Mindy Heisel. This show is produced by Mindy Heisel and Mark Zyla in the studios of WVIK, Quad Cities NPR. We hope you'll take a minute to subscribe, tell your friends, and of course, join us next time on Perspective Interviews.